You said it, Frank. There's no bigger rivalry than the Amors in technology. So hopefully it works. The end user aren't winning, I'll tell you that much. Yo, 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 what's good? Addicts gang. Uh, we are back once again on a on a beautiful Monday night, June 5th. Um, talking Dynasty Fantasy Football once again, Frank. Two weeks in a row. We're here. We're ready. Get used to it. How you been, my friend? What's, what's been happening? Yeah, not much, Andrew. It's always good to be here on a beautiful Monday night. Um, I don't know what it was like up in the bay, but down here in cold, miserable, wet Melbourne, it wasn't that great of a day, but, you know, we get through, we survive. Um, but it is always good to be uh, on the pod talking Dynasty Fantasy Football. Um, it does consume far too much of my life, so let's might as well uh, get on the microphone and share. Um, my thoughts with our fantasy before we do get started, do you want to plug the socials as per usual? Um, make sure you're following the FB Addicts on Twitter and the Fantasy Addicts on Instagram as well. Andy, I'll beat you to it. I know, you are the man. Um, yeah, beautiful day here in Batemans Bay. Shout out Victor Hovland. He uh, won the golf. And uh, Miami Heat, did you bet on him, Frank? Did you follow me in? Was it a bit of a heat check or you didn't do it? Uh, no, I didn't follow you. I wish I did. Um, great call when Andrew says heat check, he like means the Miami Heat, and not just that, he means check as in like you mail a check to someone. It's like a double pun. He there's, won. there's like four going on in the in the same sentence, Frank. It's incredible. Um, but yeah, let's let's dive into what we're actually going to be talking about today. Um, we're going to be talking dynasty startup drafts, Frank. It is dynasty fantasy football season. And uh, our listeners might be in, they might have just done their, started their leagues and they're, they're getting ready to gearing up for the big startup draft, which um, we did it, what, two years ago for our league and gee, consumed a lot of your time. Um, it is a great time if you have decided to dabble into Dynasty Fantasy Football. Um, and yeah, we're just going to be talking about what, uh, what we've learned over the two, three years we've been doing Dynasty Fantasy Football and um, our favourite strategies and uh, who you should target, what you should do. Um, Frank, has Dynasty Fantasy Football been a great switch for you? And uh, do you just do you love it? Is it better than redraft? Talk to the listeners. Yeah, look, obviously everyone's going to have their own opinion and obviously play what uh, is fun to you. Um, but I can only speak from personal experience where Dynasty Fantasy Football, uh, it's the pinnacle of fantasy football as far as I'm concerned. Um, you're the most involved. Um, it's the most fun that you can have playing fantasy football, I think. Really personal. Um, it's really, you know, you basically all these players that you draft, they really become and feel like your own team. Um, obviously, Andrew mentioned we started, you know, two or three, we're into our third season now. Prior to that, I was playing in another league um, for about three years before that. Finally convinced the rest of the guys to come over to the dark side, um, start up a dynasty. Um, I've I've already joined another two, 
concern that's going to continue to grow as the years continue. Um, Andrew also in one of those leagues as well that's you know still drafting. I mean the main portion of that league is drafted now. I'm into like the twentieth round or something like that. So a few bums just being taken at the end of the draft, but it's just so good, um, so enjoyable. The drafts are enjoyable. Trading, make sure you have a like a a slow draft as well. Really important so you have time. Speak with all the owners of those teams as well. Make trades and also develop those relationships. If you're playing with uh, in a league where you've got new people that you haven't met before, um, like we have, it's good to just you know create those bonds and um, those relationships. Well, have a laugh. Um, it's definitely worth it. Yeah, great call, Frank. I've um, yeah, like you said, I've expanded my dynasty game. I've joined a few more leagues this off season, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. But let's dive into it, Frank. So when entering a Dynasty startup drafts. Obviously, listeners, we're going to be talking uh, slow drafts, um, super flex, and deep rosters, deep leagues, like 12-man leagues. Um, how many people are we starting in this league? I know it's a lot. It's like three flex, two receiver, two running back. Yes, yeah, so it's it's a lot. It's a super flex, three flex league, 12 team. That's, that's what we're targeting here. Um, Frank, should you, as a Dynasty manager, have a plan in place? before the draft like should you go into it and say no matter who's on the board i'm going win now i'm going i'm building for the future or should you let the draft come to you how did you how do you enter your enter your um your dynasty drafts because redrafts a bit different it's uh you know you kind of can have a plan in place but when you're building a quote-unquote dynasty do you change up your strategy or do you have a set in stone what you're going to do kind of thing yeah i think um it's always important to be um versatile heady a bit different for those that play in a lot of dynasty leagues and i I mean a lot i don't mean the four leagues that i'm in you know when i say a lot i mean if you're in 40 leagues and you try to you're really one of those sweats that's thinking about uh dynasty fantasy football as a portfolio as such and you're trying to diversify um across both across players, but also diversify across the um, your teams as well, whether you're trying to have a certain percentage of win-now teams, a certain percentage of teams that are trying to compete next year, or you've got teams that are in a full rebuild. Obviously, some of those decisions are dictated by what's already in place. Um, but for 99% of people where you're playing anywhere between you know, realistically one dynasty league is probably the most normal um, thing, um, anywhere from like one to five leagues. Um, I think it's important to be versatile through the first possibly two or three rounds because realistically the players that are going inside the first two or three rounds are both young and elite. So they're not going to really dictate um, which direction your team's going. Obviously there are some, you know, exceptions to the rule. You know, Travis Kelsey realistically could still go inside the first three rounds of a startup. Um, he's really a win now piece that may dictate a lot of your picks going forward. Um, but obviously, with a lot of the quarterbacks that go early, you got the quarterbacks that are under the age of 28, 27. Give you guys gives your teams a, a really long runway, um, as well as the running backs and wide receivers that are going that high in the draft. So it's the first three rounds. You really get a lot of flexibility um, going into the next rounds as well. So I think once you get past the third round, um, you can make a decision about what value falls to you in those you know fourth, fifth, and sixth rounds. I think they really define which direction your team's going. Um, we will get into a little bit uh, greater detail about the sort of the positions and how we like to attack each position. 
Um, but I don't think it's the, first, the early picks that dictate that because you can really go either direction um, with those high-end picks. Would you agree, Andy? Yeah, no, 100%. I don't think you should have a plan set in place at all. Um, I'd almost argue that you just take the, the value that is there at the current time. Um, maybe it is different in the first few rounds, Frank, as you said. Um, but the the big misconception conception on Dynasty is that you know, whoever you draft is on your team for life and, you know, you're going to die with them on your roster. It's like, Frank, how many people on your roster have you actually kept over the two years that we've been in our, in our main, in our main league? Cause I've, I've changed my strategy like so many times and there is time for you to trade these players because it is a lifelong thing. Uh, well, hopefully it is a lifelong thing for our league, but, um, you know, I just think, if you take the value that is is there in the sixth round, it's it's fine. Like you can flip that player. Like it's not he's not dying on your roster if he's a twenty eight year old receiver or whatever. Um, you can obviously trade him when his value has peaked. And um, yeah, so I think it is it is a thing that we will touch on. But Frank, if you, what is your ideal plan in a dynasty startup draft? Is it to uh, trade back, acquire future picks, um, kind of go into that rebuild mode straight away? Or do you like just going for the chip straight away? Or um, if you could uh, ideally go a direction, and obviously the draft board will dictate it, but in your head, you know, you're obviously going into the draft with a certain idea that would be great. Um, what what would it be? Yeah, so I've done a couple, uh, obviously, had a couple of startups this off season. I took um, a different approach um, both times, mostly because you know you're drafting in different slots of the draft. Um, I did have the 104 in actually both of those leagues, um, but from in one of the leagues I traded back from the 104 um, to get to the tier of quarterbacks. I I believed um, so four um, moved back in the 107. I took Trevor Lawrence, so I basically dropped back to the back of that tier. Um, in one of the leagues, picked up Trevor and then picked up a lot, um, you know, some draft picks further down the board. Um, was able to move up into other places where I'm strengthening other parts of my team. Where in another, in another league, I had the 104, took Jalen Hurts, and then I actually then traded up into the second round to then take Deshaun Watson. So again, I'd, I'd maybe jump in the gun here, Andrew, where, you know, about a quarterback strategy here. Um, I like to do two things, and if one of them isn't, hunting quarterback. Um, if you really want to tank and you really don't want to win games and you want to basically ensure you don't win games for the next two or three years, because even if you hit on a rookie quarterback, you're not going to be able to compete with the likes of Patrick Mahomes, um, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, even if the rookie quarterbacks hit um, in their first year, they don't hit to the point that they're the quarterback one in most cases. Um, I either like to basically get my hero quarterback, I like to call it. And, you know, in that league, I'd call that Trevor Lawrence. Um, but in the other league, I went and got Jalen Hurts and I traded up to get the Sean Watson. If you have two-star quarterbacks, you know, really, for whatever reason, Dynasty community loves to call them the top nine. Um, you know, probably the top nine quarterbacks. You know, as a Tua Tagovailoa owner in one of my leagues, I like to try and sneak him into that, like, 10th spot. Um, but he probably isn't quite with the rest of those guys. Um, but it allows you to basically have a huge runway with your team 
um, I'm going to, again, I'm going to keep using Jalen Hurts and Deshaun Watson as an example. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts being 25 and Deshaun Watson being 27, I believe. Jalen Hurts actually isn't even 25 yet. He's 24. How good is that? Um, but having the two of them, you have at least five, six years of elite production from the two of those um, to compete with. Um, um, they're always going to be good. And they they hold incredibly high trade value as well going forward. It's not until these quarterbacks get to 30 years old do you really start to see a decline in their trade value, um, which is always great. They're definitely a safe asset um, as well. So I like to try and do that. Or I've gone hero quarterback, um, gotten Trevor Lawrence, and then try to you know be better in other positions, whether it be running back, wide receiver, or tight end. Um, Definitely don't like to punt the position. Uh, it's just it's you got to be incredibly lucky to then make up that value, even two or three years down the track. You're the one that's now scrambling to spend three first round picks to get an elite quarterback and contend with the rest of the league. Yeah, um, I couldn't agree more on this take. Um, yeah, I think even if you have a have a plan in mind to be a a win now team or a um, you know a rebuilding squad, a young squad. I think you have to leave the arguably the first two rounds with two quarterbacks. Um, you know, that could be a Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson as your second quarterback. So you're uh, you're waiting on those guys and drafting the young people or you're going, you know, as you said, Frank, uh, Deshaun Watson um, in that second round, Lamar, Justin Fields, like those kind of guys. Um, Frank, is there... Is quarterback quarterback a must in 12-team startup dynasty leagues? Because the position does get very bare very quickly. As you said, there is, you know, nine elite guys, and then you've got your A. Rich, Bryce Young, uh, Dak, Kyler's, CJ Strouds, Tours, and then it's already getting to the really gross Daniel Jones range. Um, so is first two, three rounds, is grabbing two quarterbacks a must for you, if for the listeners? Um, well, I, I firstly would like to put a little bit of respect on Daniel Jones' name. We're not a, we're not a anti-Daniel Jones podcast, Andrew. Um, but, yeah, well, I, I did that, Andy. I didn't take, you know, take two quarterbacks um, inside the first three rounds. If, literally, I didn't take them inside the first six rounds. I went and took Jordan Love in the seventh, the back end of the seventh round, and I was actually quite happy with that. Um, I feel like my team's in a position where I basically traded back a heap of times um, and accumulated three first-round picks in next year's draft. You know, if I start the season well and Jordan Love performs, then I might be in a position to upgrade at the quarterback position. Or if he doesn't do well, I know that I'm going to be at the bottom of the table and I'm going to get a really high draft pick and the likes of Caleb Williams and Drake May um, are going to be there for the taking. But it then comes back to my point earlier that making sure that you have one quarterback. You don't play catch-up and needing to try and acquire two a little quarterback because you will never have the amount of value required to do that. Um, if you do, I don't know why on earth you wouldn't have the quarterbacks to begin with. It's very, very difficult to acquire that kind of um, capital needed to you know obtain elite quarterback play. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it's needed, but you need at least one. Like, if you don't have one, you're just playing catch-up for the five years in your league and you've just paid five years' worth of dues. Um, you've got absolutely nothing to show for it. Um, well, I'll word it a different way. Obviously, if you have 
a top five pick, you can do what you're saying with the like, or maybe a top seven pick with the hero quarterback strategy, which is you take your Joe Burrows and you you know you find a way to figure it out with Aaron Rodgers later on or something like that. But Frank, if you had the one twelve, and let's say, um, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Hurts, Herbert, Lawrence, Lamar, Fields, Deshaun Watson, all go off the board, um. What would you do and what would you advise the listeners do? Um, like, is there we'll – cl- we'll clunk the quarterback and running back discussion together. Is there a world where you would take, you know, a Bijan, Brees Hall, Jonathan Taylor ahead of these quarterbacks? Or, like, would you just – how would you go about this if you're in this awkward spot? Because I know there will be listeners out there that are in this awkward spot you know, the ideal quarterbacks haven't fell their way. Um, would you be comfortable doing a, I don't know, Bijan C.D. Lamb start at the turn or at the back end of the draft? Yeah, so let's let's imagine that you're at pick 12, like worst case scenario, right? Allen, Burrow, Hurts, Herbert, Lawrence, Lamar, Justin Fields, Desch- that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And then Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase go off the board. Like that is that's as bad as it gets, and you're at pick twelve. Um that's where for not sorry, not format is gonna come into it as much. I mean, obviously running backs are stronger in a half PPR than a full PPR. I think that's should be common knowledge. If it's not, uh you can send me twenty dollars in the mail for that pick. Um but Starting rosters make a huge part of this decision. If you are in a league where you have to start three running backs, or if you're in a league that only starts possibly, you know, you hear about these dynasty leagues that are, you know, what they're like, I think they're like 12 man start eight, 12 man start seven, even in a super flex. Um, all of a sudden, the running backs become far more valuable because they're making up a greater proportion of the points. The elite running backs do become a point of difference. Um, so then I could see a world where you, you hit Bijan and Brees Hall. Um, in the league where in um, that we just drafted in and where I had two of them, their start tens, I probably would lean away from the running backs. Um, I still would be that happy with having take having to take CD Lamb and you know possibly AJ Brown, that, that sort of level of wide receiver. I don't think um, I would have the, I don't know, the amount of gusto to be able to take um, Anthony Richardson at the 112. I mean, if you do, props to you. Um, if you're playing with fire. Um, I'd yeah, you have to go wide receiver in a format in a league where you've got more starts. Start seven or a start eight. Um, yeah, double hit running back and just beat everyone down with B. John Robinson and Brees Hall for a couple of years. Try get the, you know the level of quarterback. You can go into like the sixth round, fifth round, Try land someone like a Kirk Cousins, like a Derek Carr, a Jordan Love, who are going to give you, you know, back end quarterback one, mid quarterback two um, points, but you're going to be crushing teams at the running back position. Like you're going to basically have those guys at quarterback. You know, they're not going to have the same upside as the likes of Jalen Hurts um, at the top of the draft. They're also not going to burn you. But you're going to be have a team that's got Bijan and Brees Hall going up against a team that may have you know, Zach Charbonnet and Miles Sanders. Like, you would rather be in that situation um, 
Then obviously have no, obviously, you know, we spoke about it before, no quarterbacks, but also really poor running back room um, in a league where running backs make up a greater proportion of your. Yeah, Frank, it is a very interesting conversation. Um, I think if you do um, decide to tank the quarterback position, you better, you better win. You better win, uh, you know, year one, year two. Um, and it's going to be very hard for you to build that uh, quote-unquote dynasty long-term without securing the quarterback spot. But um, for the listeners that do find themselves in this spot, who are some quarterbacks uh, later down the board that you would target? Is it Jared Goff, um, you know, Kenny Pickett? Uh, would you try to get, you know, one, two years out of Aaron Rodgers? Your man, Mr. Unlimited. Um, yeah, just give the listeners your two favorite um quarterbacks later on down the board and then we'll move on to the running back spot. Yeah, look, Andrew, I know you love Jared Goff and you like you like Kenny Pickett too. They're not my cup of tea. Um obviously much more upside with those guys being um younger, get a bigger runway for your team. I'd much prefer to um take someone like Kirk Cousins, um, Geno Wilson, Aaron Rodgers and just try to win. Um, you know, some of those guys are going to give you quarterback numbers that are competitive with the upper echelon of quarterbacks. And then you've obviously got the, um, the competitive advantage either at running back or wide receiver. Um, I think at the top of the drafts, the advantage is there to be had at running back more than wide receiver. I think as you get inside, you know, the first four rounds of the draft, all of those wide receivers are going to produce very similar production. There'll obviously be some that separate themselves. That's hard to predict on a year-to-year basis. You don't know which wide receivers are really going to pop um, from year to year. Yeah, you make a good point. And we will, uh, well, let's just talk about uh, running backs and receivers now. Um, what position here do you like to build your dynasty roster off? For me personally, it is the receiver position. I, I just hate taking uh, running backs early in the draft. I think they they should be the most um non uh what's the word I'm looking for? Not the foundational piece of your team, um, because they do have such a short shelf life. I do understand that you can really differentiate yourself um from the rest of the league by having two really solid running backs like a CMC and a Bijan. But I think uh the rest of your roster just really struggles if you do this and um it'll be really hard to build a competitive team in the future and like keep, keep building off that. Obviously, if you are in a win now mode, it is different. You can do that kind of strategy, but I prefer to build through the receiver position and get, you know, like a Dalvin cook in the, in the ninth round, if you want to do it that way, like it, it is gross. I understand, but uh, the value there, like they, they cost you nothing back there, the running backs, um, you know, some examples, uh, Aaron Jones is going in the ninth. Uh, James Conner in the twelfth. Um, you know you can you can fill your spot with these kind of these kind of operators at the running back position, and then you can just keep doing it next year because they're they're still going to keep they're still going to be there. Uh, no one's going to want you know Joe Mixon this year, and it's going to be the same next year. Like nobody's going to want that type of arc archetype of player, and um, your receivers will still stay young, still stay valuable. Um, but Frank, running backs receivers um how do you like to attack these positions because i like to take receiver often and uh running backs you know i don't really touch it until 
the late, late end of the board. Like, um, you know, for example, I would like to build quarterbacks early, then, you know, third, fourth, third, fourth fifth round, uh, get your foundational wide receivers and then start to look at the running back position that you can just, you know, fill out this year, fill out next year, and then just keep that cycle going. Um, yeah, Frank, what what do you think about this? Do you, you completely disagree with me or do you kind of catch what I'm throwing? No, I, I get what you're doing. I get what you're doing, Andrew. I think for a majority of players, that's a really good strategy because you don't, you know, your run-of-the-mill dynasty player um, wants to enjoy it and be competitive for a long time. They don't want to have um, significant downturns in their team. Um, so having those stable wide receivers, and you're right, they are a more stable asset than the running back position. Um, we spoke before about points of difference and how, you know, the elite running backs can be that. Um, you mentioned before, if you are going to take running back early, you sure as shit better win because um, they are going to have a shorter shelf life. Um, but I don't mind taking elite running backs early if the value presents itself. Um, some leagues are like Andrew. You might end up in a league full of Andrews, and you can get the likes of Saquon Barkley, Travis Etienne, Austin Eckler. I'm rounding off names um, in our league that we've just done in you know in the fourth round. Um, you've got guys like Jordan Addison going ahead of Najee Harris and Nick Chubb. I know for certain Jordan Addison, as good as he might be, he's not going to come near scoring even Najee Harris, who I don't think is a great player, but he's going to be in a good opportunity. Nick Chubb, Ramondre Stevenson, Tony Pollard, these names are going to far outscore the likes of, I'm trying to think of see some other names here, even Jackson Smith and Jigma. Um, they're probably going to outscore Devontae Smith, DK Metcalf, Drake London. Um, by a significant margin, and I get that they're going to, you know, in two years' time, they'll pretty much just be dust. You may have paid for your buy-in for the next 10 years um, if you win your league. So you've got to view it that way as well. Um, sometimes it pays to get ahead of your league um, in a startup where, you know, a lot of people are keen to, you know, build that quote-unquote dynasty and get that really young, um, exciting team um, where values to be had, you know, um, in your veteran players, especially at the running back position. Um, so I don't hate it. Um, you know, my team in our home league, Andrew, pretty running back heavy, I would say. I think I've made um, a bit of progress as far as, you know, converting some of that value at the running back position to, um, this offseason in particular. Um, but I'm still very heavy in running back, um, both young and veteran running backs as well. Um, because, you know, we start three running backs and we've got four flex spots. So that, that you know, the ability to play running back and try and outscore and beat down your, you know, other teams, wide receiver twos and wide receiver threes who are, yeah, they might be really consistent, hold more value, but I'm going to beat you on a week-to-week basis. Um, I think that's also something to keep in mind. Well, I just want to run through our startup from two years ago, Frank, and the... Um, no, let's not. <laughs> just, just to explain how badly running backs can go, and it was two years ago, where Christian McCaffrey went 101 ahead of Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Wheels had both picks, so it didn't really matter whatever he did. But, you know, CMC went before Josh Allen and Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson types. Um, Alvin Kamara went at the 1-6. Dalvin Cook went at the ninth pick off the board. Um, Zeke was in the back of the second round. Um, yeah, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the third round. Like, this, it can go really badly. Um but receiver doesn't seem to be as catastrophic, you know, 
the first five receivers were Jefferson, Lamb, AJ Brown, Metcalf, Adams, Tyreek, you know, um, I guess Ridley was kind of a wolf, but yeah, it's it's not as bad as what I'm trying to say. Um, so I I would tend to lean that way if you're building your your dynasty rosters through the startup draft and um and go from there. Now an interesting discussion, Frank, if you have anything else to talk about with running back and receiver, you can. But tight ends, how important is grabbing a very like a an elite tight end in dynasty fantasy football? Um, very quickly to the running back and wide receiver positions, just um, quickly. Uh, with running backs, I think the landscape is very different to what it was two years ago, Andrew. And correct me if I'm if you don't agree with that. Um, the running backs going at the high end of the drafts now, outside of Saquon Barkley, purely because he's an elite talent. Um, are the younger running backs. They are, you know, I think the dynasty community has either been burnt or they've learned um, from what you've just spoken about. Um, the only players that are, you know, running backs that are going in the, you know, for inside the first three rounds of startups um, are the likes of, you know, Jonathan Taylor, B. John Robinson. Um, previously, it was Kenneth Walker before the NFL draft. The rest of those guys, you know, Travis Etienne, you know, roughly third or fourth round. But the rest of the players um, at the running back position are going in the fourth and fifth rounds of drafts now. So I think um, the tendency to get burned there has sort of the pendulum swung the other way. Um, and that, like I was saying before, there is a bit of value to be had um, at that position a little bit later in drafts. Um, but yeah, no, I think you're right, Andrew. It definitely can be burned at the running back position. Hence why, you know, you'd want to try win. And, you know, in our league, I, ha- I haven't won just yet, Andy, but I'm, I'm trying, okay? I mean, I mean that's, that's all that matters, Frank. You know, titles are forever, and that's all. That's all the people want, just just to try win. Um, you, I do agree with what you said because you know, um, these running backs are very young. Um, but for me personally, it just uh, makes my balls itch. It doesn't. It doesn't feel right if I take Bijan Robinson over Justin Fields in a startup. Like I just can't do it. I, I don't know if it's if it's just me, um, but. Yeah, I just I just can't build my dynasty team that way. Um, back to the question I posed to you just a, a minute ago, Frank. Um, tight end. How important is it to get one of the quote unquote elite tight ends like a Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, uh, Kelsey Hawkinson, Kincaid? I think the tier kind of ends there. Dallas Goddard, Kittle maybe. Um, yeah, how how when you enter a uh, dynasty startup draft, is this is it a real priority for you to get one of those six, seven names that I listed? Yeah, so I, I hate to step on your toes, Andrew, but let's. I, I want to separate the what we want to call elite guys. At least in my mind, I mean, you're welcome to um, group them however you'd like, listeners as well. You know, we don't discourage um, ranking players how you you know you feel about them. Um, but if we're talking about elite, um, as far as dynasty is concerned, it's Travis Kelsey, it's Mark Andrews, and it's Kyle Pitts. All three of them for kind of different reasons. Obviously, Travis Kelsey is going to give you elite production, but, you know, maybe the next three seasons. I mean, he hasn't shown any reason to slow down, um, hasn't, you know, hasn't lost a step, hasn't, you know, looks after his body, rarely injured. Um, continues to be 
you know, an absolute difference maker at the position. Mark Andrews, your perfect mix of he's young enough, he's 27 years old, and he's going to give you a league production as well. Probably going to be a top three at the tight end position for the next three, four years. Um, you can always count on Mark Andrews, especially with Lamar Jackson locked away. Um, and then Kyle Pitts, um, unbelievable talent coming out of the draft. Hasn't quite put it all together. Had quite an impressive rookie season. Um, I'm still a believer in Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, depending on the owner, depending on who sort of has him in your league, um, there's normally two very different people. Normally it's someone that wholeheartedly believes in Kyle Pitts and you won't be able to get them off them for the you know appropriate price. Or there's going to be someone that wants them off their team entirely. Um, do with that information as you will. Difference makers for me, um, you take those guys for a variety of different reasons. Um, the guys you mentioned as well, TJ Hawkinson, I mean, I guess we've got to put Dalton Kincaid in there, even though we haven't seen him play a snap of NFL football. Um, he's been valued as such um, as these guys. Um, Dallas got it, what we say, TJ Hawkinson, Dallas got it. I'm trying to think, was there anyone else in that sort of tier, Andrew? Uh, George Kittle. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, no, definitely George Kittle deserves to be in that tier as well. And did you say Kincaid or um? Yeah, I think yeah, I think that those seven are the clear. I mean, Pat Frymuth for me. Nah, nah, I'm no, not, nah. no, we're not doing that. We're not on a Pat Frymuth podcast. Nah, we're not. Yeah, Pat so it's the... the top seven tight end in dynasty. Like that's that's not what we want to be about, to be honest. Oh. Um. I'd say we plant our flag and say the listeners should get one of these seven. I feel like it would really solidify their their roster. Yeah, I don't play Dynasty that way, Andrew. I, well, at least I don't like to. You know, I'm, Sometimes I, I fall in love with players and I end up with the same player on a lot of teams, but I try my best not to. Um, you, I like to play with a bit of a process. Um, sometimes those players differ, but they're the same kind of player. Um, but it's back on topic for the tight ends, though. Um, if I'm in a spot where I've landed two elite quarterbacks um, inside the first two, three rounds of my draft, there's an opportunity to take Mark Andrews in the fourth round or there's an opportunity to take Travis Kelsey in the fourth round, I'm doing that. I'm doing it every single time, twice on a Sunday. Um, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat you with my quarterback. I'm going to beat you with my elite tight end. I don't care who you've got a wide receiver. I don't care who you've got a running back. You can't catch me. Um, that's what I'm going to try and do. Um, if you obviously went, um, you know, you may have gone quarterback, wide receiver, running back inside the first, you know, three rounds. That allure of, you know, if Kyle Pitts is still there. Most of the time he's not. Um, Mark Andrews is still there. Always a good pick in the fourth round, I think, Mark Andrews, to be honest. Um, maybe that's someone we want to plant our flag on, Andrews. So I always seem to – I like him in that spot. Um, but I don't like to go beyond the point of, like I said, Dallas got it. I'm, I'm not all aboard the Dalton Kincaid train, but I, I get it. I'm not going to hate on anyone for being on that train. Once you get out of, outside of TJ Hawkins and Dallas got it, it starts to get very dicey very quickly. It may allow you to take multiple shots at tight ends that may have you know bigger upsides. Um, the guys after that, they don't even have great upside. I mean, Darren Waller, yes, he's going to may give you good production. He may not. He may just completely flop. Um, but he's old. Um, I'm trying to think of other guys. Chigo Conquo, he goes much later in drafts. You're not going to be very confident with him as your only tight end, especially in these tight end premium leagues. Um, that's probably one thing to mention as well. We, I 
do we I like tight end premium. Do you, Andrew, have any like qualms with tight end premium? I think just giving them a little bump. I'm not a massive fan of like two point, you know, per reception tight end premiums, but you know, we play in a, I play in a couple of one point five tight end premiums. Um I think that's a fair bump to the tight end position considering you only have to play one. No, I um I'm full advocate for the uh whatever you want to do the tight end position. I think um make tight ends great, Frank. Um, you know, they are they are very important pieces to our dynasty rosters and um I'm fully for, you know, give them a full point PPR and give the rest half point. Um, however you want to do it, one and a half, whatever. Um, yeah, I think it's it just adds a little bit of spice to the uh to the dish and I think um I'm here for it, definitely. Yeah, so sorry, I'll try to get back on topic as well. Listeners might just be sitting here going, just Frank, get what us to actually do. Um, let's try give let's give some actionable advice. Um I really like Mark Andrews in the fourth round. Um, if you want to go really young and you're a rebuilding team and you want to kind of punt some production, Kyle Pitts early on in draft, really good pick. Obviously, if you land to a late quarterback inside the first three rounds, really like Travis Kelsey as well. Um, otherwise, if you can, you know, get the bottom, get the bottom of that TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard, Dalton Kincaid tier. You know, if you can get those guys in like that, somehow get them in like the eighth round. Um, your startup, you've then been able to take selections, you know, rounds four, five, six, and seven. Um, you're getting better talent than having to waste a pick on a tight end. And I say waste, I don't actually mean waste, but I think you're getting the point. Yeah, and can I just, I will circle back to receiver because um, we didn't, you know, dive greatly into it um i really enjoyed your tight end discussion frank that's why i'm moving on i completely agree but would you agree with using quarterback and you know get your stud receiver in the first three rounds then lock in lock up your stud tight end then maybe dabble back to the receiver position and then hit running backs in the in the fifth maybe so you go like quarterback receiver quarterback tight end um get your first running back and then go receivers and then running back again late. Is that what we're endorsing or do you disagree? Like how valuable basically would you sacrifice a, you know, a Trevor Lawrence? Cause that's what you're going to have to do for a Justin Jefferson, Jamar chase or a Bijan, for example. As long as I'm getting one elite quarterback, I, I can, I can do it. Then you can just go back and after you've hit a couple of running backs, you can get a Russell Wilson, James Smith in the eighth round. And in the ninth, um, beyond that, I don't want to be dabbling in the Jimmy Garoppolo's and Mac Jones's and Brock Purdy's of the world. Um, but if you could manage to land one of those veteran quarterbacks that you know you need a couple of years out of, give you a bit of a runway to draft a younger quarterback, possibly make a trade, you know, with multiple picks. Later on, to then go up and try and you know obtain a. Um, but yeah, I try not to be prescriptive, Andrew, uh, about you know what position you should go and who you should take. Um, it's all about sort of what you were saying before about you know getting a stud wide receiver in the first side the first three rounds. Um, if you end up you know in an ideal world, you end up with you know two elite quarterbacks, a stud wide receiver one. 
and then you also get a stud tight end in the fourth round. All of a sudden, the the draft's open. You can take, you know, more stud wide receivers and just hammer the position and, you know, fill in running back later on, like you said, Andrew. I know that's the way you like to draft. Definitely not a bad way to go about it. Or around running backs where you can go like to Nick Pollard. Um, you know, if you're a team that's got a, you know, you were the team that took Kyle Pitts and you got a really young wide receiver, maybe Garrett Wilson in the second round. Um, and then you got to, you know, the likes of CJ Stroud or to uh, someone like that in the third round. So you had two quarterbacks, you know, stud wide, got young tight end Kyle Pitts, taking Javante Williams or DeAndre Swift or someone, J.K. Dobbins, someone that's got a, a running back with a bit of longer runway, also another good option. Um, but it really pans out well. Someone that's trying to win now um, as well. You know, you got Travis Kelsey, then you landed Tony Pollard in the fifth round. Um, you follow that up with you know, another good wide receiver in the sixth round. You know, the likes of, you know, I took Debo, I got Debo Samuel in the sixth round. Michael Pittman went in the sixth round. Um, you know, there's definitely value to be had. And Chris Godwin, um, Terry McLaurin as well. Um, it definitely can be done. That win now model does look nice on paper. You just got to hope that it pans out in the um, yeah, I will. I'll, I'll do it. I'll just give forward my tip um, for dynasty startups. I think a real savvy move is to actually just go for the win straight away. Um, I think there is a real ugly outlook on you know people of age in um, in dynasty startups. You know, everyone wants the ideal young team, and you get like a really good value on. Um, you know, players that will give give you high end production for the next two three years, which is how you probably should look at your dynasty teams. You know, don't look, you know, don't have an eight year plan. Like that's just unrealistic. Have a you know two three four year plan kind of thing. And um, if you obviously lock up your quarterback position early, um, you know, get your stud receiver to build around. Um, you know, start off with that youth, but then combine it with you know. Uh, Joe Mixon in the ninth round, uh, Aaron Jones in the tenth round. Um, then you go Mike Evans in the eleventh, Tyler Lockett in the thirteenth, um, James Connor in that kind of range. Um, you know you get incredible value on these kind of guys like Mike Williams in the eleventh. I like that. Um, you know, Frank, we probably will dabble into, um, you know, sleepers and. Um, values in dynasty startups or dynasty leagues in general on a later show. But um, thoughts on the win now strategy versus the, you know, um, or just your favorite strategy overall. Like, do you enjoy trading back? Um, do you like acquiring future first? Um, Cause I, I, if I put a gun to my head and said, what do you like doing? I think trying to win straight away is my favorite strategy or tip for the listeners in, in the kind of way that I just said, even Keenan Allen in the, in the ninth round, I know Deandre Hopkins in the 10th um, could be really good if he, he gets the landing spot in the chiefs or the bills. Um, so yeah, just some names I threw out there that could really help dynasty rosters that you get for pretty much nothing. Um, Frank, what's your favorite quote unquote strategy or way to draft? If you, ha- if I put a gun to your head and said, what would be your favorite? 
Yeah, I, I like I like trading back. Our most recent draft we did, Andrew, you saw me um trade back multiple times. It felt like every time I was on the clock, everyone's yelling and screaming at me in the sleeper cat telling me to hurry up. And then, you know, I'll, I'll take three, four hours, but I'll get a deal done. I'll move back. I'll take some extra draft capital. Um, and I'll still get a player that I'm happy with in that situation. Obviously, pick the locations that you do that. You don't want to catch, um, you know, the end of a tier. You don't want to be, you know, be looking at, you know, four guys and you're like, I'm happy with any four of these. Um, but then you trade back five slots and they all go. So you got to be careful of that. You got to know your league. Um, you know, know who they're looking at. They're gonna looking at who they're going to be looking at. Um, look at the rosters, the picks that they've already taken in the draft already. Um, but then pick up value where you can. Like I was saying before, I picked up, I've now got three first round picks in the 2024 draft in this league. I'm really happy about that. And I've still filled out my team really well because I was able to pick up multiple picks inside, you know, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh round. Um, where there's a lot of guys, you know, I'm trying to, like, the fifth, sixth, seventh round, those meddling wide receiver twos. Ones, the Brandon Ayukes, the Terry McLaurins, the George Pickens, Traylon Burks, Michael Pittman. Guys that in a league where you're starting up to 10, well, in this league, you're starting 10 players. It's really valuable to fill out your team that way because you're just going to have guys that are going to give you consistent points. And then each week, there's going to be one of them that blows up. There's going to be one of them that gives you a really good week. and um, It's going to propel you towards that win. In a league where you're starting seven or eight, that strategy, definitely I would stay away from it. You'd almost, you know, say the opposite. You want to trade it up to get that elite talent. Um, but yeah, in a league where you've got a lot of starters, 12 team, accumulating value is a really good way um, to, you know, put your team in a good position. Um, and I, you know, I came away in that draft where I don't think I'm a non, I'm not competitive. I think I've still got a competitive roster, um, even with the extra value that I've accumulated in next year's draft. So I really did enjoy um, trading back, Andrew. Thanks, Frank. Um, I really like to put that. Next to your name, Frank Trade Baxi Calise. Um, but yeah, I think it was a really interesting discussion that we just had, Frank. I, you know, I appreciate you jumping on and um giving the listeners something to listen to before their dynasty startup drafts. But in summary, listeners, I think, you know, don't have a, a set in stone plan. Let the draft come to you. Don't be afraid to take um value when it comes to you. Like, don't be scared to take a twenty eight year old receiver if if he keeps falling, like just take him, you can always flip him if it gets real dicey. Um, and, you know, trade back, like Frank said, if, if, um, if that opportunity arises and just ride it out into the sunset, but uh, just understand the importance of having elite quarterbacks and um, how important each position is. And um, yeah, where you are in, in the actual draft, like uh, for me, two time champ, Frank, I uh, took a risk on, you know, taking some older players and uh, made it out the other side. It can be done. Um, but, yeah, Frank, any last comments for the listeners? And, um, yeah, just any other any other thoughts on Dynasty Startups? Yeah, no other last comments aside from the fact that you've, yeah, you've really had to mention that you're a two-time winner. Um, just rub it in my face. Um, yeah, well, you won't be in the playoffs this year, Andrew. So, gee, I'm a red-hot chance to win it all. Um but yeah, no, I couldn't agree more, Andy. It's always a pleasure to be on here, um, you know, chatting a bit of rubbish with you, chatting a bit of fantasy football. Um, it's always good. Thank you to the listeners for tuning in. And uh, 
We will catch you next time. Make sure, again, I'm going to plug the socials again, Andrew. Take you to it once more. Uh, make sure you're following the podcast on the Twitters at the FB Addicts and on Instagram at the Fantasy Addicts. Um, if there isn't anything else, Andrew, have a lovely night and I'll uh, catch you next time. Frank, you're on fire. Uh, thank you. But yeah, uh, follow the podcast on Spotify. Give us a five star rating. And um, yeah, we'll be coming at you once a week with Dynasty content, you know, trade shows. Um, value sleepers um you know player takes frank whatever you want whatever the listeners want um we will be here once a week so thanks frank and uh you are the man once again peace